For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Yo, what's good, Panther fans? It's your boy, The Professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. Uh, dropping a little special uh, interview here midweek for the C3 Panthers podcast, trying to bring some collaborative work and some shorter form things. You know how we get on Tuesday nights, get just a cracking. So tonight we're going to be previewing um, the Raiders at Panthers home opener, the Panthers home opener, uh, with big your boy Q. And uh, your boy Q is the host of the Locked On Raiders podcast and some more. How you doing? And thanks for coming on on such short notice. Yeah, man, no problem. It's always good to get on and talk a little bit of football, talk some Raiders action. And uh, yeah, man, do a lot. Uh, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, Locked On Raiders podcast. I uh, also host a, a, a show on ESPN Central Texas every day, Monday through Friday, noon to three. Uh, co-host uh, the Silver and Black Today show on Raider Nation Radio 920 in Vegas. So, I mean... Doing a little bit of everything, man. So I appreciate you uh, having me on the show. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, so, look, we get so inward looking when it comes to our teams. You know, we know our team so well, and I, and generally we know our team so well. We don't even know these Panthers at all right now, uh, and I'll talk yeah. to you about that some. But uh, one of the things that we tend not to do is look as closely at our opponents until it's too late sometimes. So. What I want you to—I know you've you're watching the Raiders that closely. You're following them daily. Uh, you're talking to—I was listening to your Hall of Fame interview that you dropped. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, on Locked On Panthers. So I mean, lo Locked On Raiders. But well, tell me a little bit about this Raiders team because all I know—well, I won't say all I know—is that you know you got the head, you got Chucky, the head coach, who's always angry. Uh, last year, it, it seemed like everyone in the NFL's in NFL circles lost confidence when it came to Derek Carr, and then all of a sudden now, I see that he is slated to become the NFL MVP by by people. Right. Um, and then you know we've got the ESPN um, Mike Mayock, right? I always call him. Uh, is it Mel Mayock or Mike Mayock? Mike Mayock. Yeah, Mike, yeah. He yeah. came over from the NFL Network. Yeah. Um, who is, you know, is that he's a very good personality, but we really don't know a lot about this Raiders team other than the, the heck of a back last year. So what what are your just thoughts about the overall, where the team's at right now? Well, I'll tell you, the team is moving in the right direction. Uh, you mentioned Chucky being on the sidelines. When he returned, man, he tore the team down. They went 4-12. and 12. It was a terrible season. Last year they went 7-9, and nine, but at one point in the season they were 6-4. and four. It was very positive. People were saying that, hey, man, you know, Gruden's got them going in the right direction. They just didn't have enough depth, man. Their, their team, they, they had a lot of injuries uh, later in the season after week 10, and it just kind of the wheels fell off. So they only won one game the rest of the season, ended up 7-9. and nine. But then they went into the draft, man, and they did, they did some good things. They went into free agency, actually, first and, and addressed the defense, which was the Achilles heel of the team. You know, the linebacking core was horrendous, so they needed to, uh, they needed to, to fix that up, so they did. They brought in uh, Nick Wachowski from Chicago. They brought in Corey Littleton from the Rams, two of the better linebackers that were available by way of free agency, and they just fixed that linebacking core up, you know, and then they just recently made a trade with the Dolphins for Raquan McMillan. So, I mean, their their linebackers are completely different. They got one holdover, Nicholas Morrow, uh, from uh, the, the last year's team, but 
let's put it like this, man. When it's defense, you're talking about defense. Mike Mayock said it the other day, and so did John Gruden. When Gruden took over in 2018, since then, there is no defensive starter still on the squad in 2020. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, the, the whole defense has been remade, which it needed to be. I mean, it, it had to be. It just was not a good unit. And so they got a lot of youth. And I, I think it's funny, man. Uh, I've been talking about the Panthers a lot because, obviously, the, the game's coming up on Sunday. I'm a big fan of what's going on in Carolina. Uh, I'll tell you off top, I'm a big fan of Matt Rule. Uh, I covered him uh, here in, in Texas at, at Baylor. Uh, he was the head coach at Baylor, so I was around him all the time. Uh, the Panthers got a good one, man. They got a hell of a coach. He's going to get that team where they need to be, but it's gonna it's gonna take some time. It's not gonna be overnight. I mean, that's just who he is. He's Bob the Builder, is what I like to call him. But he knows how to do it. He'll do it right. You know, he, well, he will. He, he's they're gonna be good. We're hoping so, for that. It's been a um, it's been tumultuous for us because we right. just we've lost everything that we hold dearly. Right? Is right. that you lose Cam, you lose Luke, you lose. You know, it's just completely yeah. different, yeah. and we're just hoping. All the talk is right. Now, you did mention last year for the Raiders that the defense was the Achilles heel, and, you know, the Panthers' defense wasn't very good, was was awful last year. But our right. problem was the run defense. Your Indeed, run yeah. defense was pretty was was decent last year, but you were 30th in passing guards allowed. Have you guys addressed this? I know that you got Mullen and Arnett at, at corner. Abram, he's right. a safety, right? Yeah, yeah, he's coming back. He only played 30 minutes in uh in, in game 1 of the season then Torres uh Torres Labrum was out the rest of the season. So he didn't he didn't get any uh you know any burn that way. So he's basically a rookie all over again. Uh but yeah, he's back. The whole secondary is young, man. And and again, it's funny I I compare these two teams to to, to being on the same level because they're both really really young. Uh the Panthers went and got seven guys on defense in the draft, you know. The Raiders didn't do that, but they might as well. You know, they went and uh, addressed the the defense in the in uh, free agency and they did it in uh, in the draft and so uh yeah, you got Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. He was a first round pick. You got uh Trayvon Mullen, he's a second year guy out of Clemson. You got Amik Robertson out of La Tech. He's a fourth round guy. You know, you got some young dudes on the on the defensive line and uh the, the pass game, man, the the, the passing uh, defense was awful because well, the pass rush just didn't get home. Didn't get home enough. You know, Max Crosby was a nice piece, but he was like one of the only pieces. So uh, the defensive tackles, they got to be better. The DNs got to be better. I mean, the whole defense in general has got to improve. That's how the Raiders take the next step, go from 7-9 and nine to possibly a 9-7 and seven team. So that's, you know, that's that's the kind of steps that you're looking for. That's what you want you want to see. And uh, I think, you know, on Sunday it's going to be a it's going to be a tough game, but it's not a game that the Raiders should not win only because there's so much unknown on the Carolina side, so much new, including the head coach, defensive coordinator, uh, quarterback, you know, uh, uh, the offensive coordinator, everything, man. It's, it's going to be a tough game, but uh, it, it should be very interesting. All right, so um, I was hoping that you could speak a little bit on just, um, you know, that defensive line. Right now is yeah. is that the Panthers historically have had a bad offensive line. And right. I was watching some YouTube videos of some Raider fans and some different things like that. And they were, I mean, just trashing the Panthers because they didn't know any of the names. They didn't know, and, and really, we don't either. But they just assumed that everybody's going to be awful. When it comes to the Panthers' offensive line, we've actually probably, on paper, have one of the stronger lines we've had in the last decade. If it works, if Okung is still good, but you know. Yeah. Um, you said that that defensive pass rush wasn't getting home. I know a lot of Panther fans are interested in Cleveland Farrell because he was from Clemson and, you know, South Carolina yeah. kid. Speak to him about his development so far and what you saw in his rookie year. 
Well, you know, he, he didn't have the rookie year that a lot of Raider fans wanted. He still wasn't bad, in my opinion. Four and a half sacks. Uh, he didn't play every game. He was he was uh, he got a concussion. He missed a game. He lost a lot of weight. Got really sick when the Raiders went to London. Um, played the Bears, but uh, you know, he he's secret not secretly, uh, quietly this offseason. He's bulked up. He's gotten stronger. Went to uh, a know, boot camp, right? Yeah, pretty much. He put a he put a bunch of muscle on, and he's ready to rock and roll. And you know, he said that you're not going to recognize me when I get you know get back to camp. And he does. He he went through a body transformation. Really looks really good and focused. And that's all that really matters. But uh, when it comes to his play, man, he's going to play on the outside. He's also going to play on the inside. You know, they're going to rotate him in or in and out. So uh, he might not be a guy who's consistently going after specifically just the passer. So uh, I, I like who he is, man. I like the guy he is. A lot of Panther fans obviously will be very familiar. Like you said, he's from Clemson. I, I like his leadership. You know, that's that's what the Raiders desperately needed. In 2019, when they drafted him, they needed guys that expect to win, know how to win, have leadership skills. They didn't have that. They were str- they were struggling to get those guys. And so now they have him. Clee's a, a good dude. I think he's going to do some good things. I think you'll see a, a much improved Clee Furl in, uh, in, in 2020. And that defensive line is going to be a lot better, in my opinion, because Rob Marinelli comes over from the Cowboys, you know, and he's an old school coach, defensive line, old Wiley guy, man. He gets after it. He's going to ride your ass. And he says that he's a guy who cusses everybody the loudest in the room, but he's the only one allowed to cuss him because he's, he's, that's, those are his guys. So I think Max Crosby gets better. Malik Collins, he's another big pickup. Comes, he comes over from the Cowboys. He's a damn ca- uh, captain. He's on a one year deal, never played with the team, and he's a captain of the team already. You know what I mean? Just that's how much they're expecting from him. Uh, so I think the def- defensive line is going to be a lot more improved in, in 2020, and uh, it, it has to be. You know, again, it starts on the in the trenches, and then, of course, it ends in the back end. So they, they just got to improve that whole defense all, all around. That defensive class or of, of edge rushers last year was one of the most elite ones, at least according to scouts, and we got one of them at, what we get, 16, Brian Burns, um, similar, but, similar. I feel like very similar in style t- uh, to Cleveland Farrell, but maybe um, more of an advantage of playing a traditional end position. So, um, yeah, uh, it's I think it's nice. More off. Yeah, it's it's nice to hear Farrell is well, not for this week, but that he is motivated to kind of continue that growth. Right. And I've always said that defensive ends. Truly, unless you're like a Jadavian Clowney or a Julius type, Peppers type, you Bosa or something like that, right. is that that it's a, a couple of years to get good in the NFL because the offensive mm-hmm. linemen are just so damn good, right? Is right. that and if you just want to beat them with speed all the time, they're going to learn how to adjust with that. Um, as you as you continue to look at that defense, do you think that the Panthers, one of the the strengths with with this team coming forward, is there's a lot of excitement around our offensive coordinator and Joe Brady coming from yeah. LSU and that high powered offense from last year, and then we've got some speedy, speedy guys. I almost want to th- believe that there's going. Uh, I want to believe that there's going to be points put up in this game, um, in the passing game from both sides. I do think both teams will be rusty. How do you think that your secondary is going to match up against the speed of a Robbie Anderson, um, the tenacity of a DJ Moore, and right. you know, really the excitement surrounding uh, Curtis Samuel and always the threat of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head right there with the last name you said, Christian McCaffrey. I think personally it it starts and it ends with Christian McCaffrey. You know, if you're the Raiders, if if you're defensive coordinator Paul Gunther, you have to make sure somebody else besides Christian McCaffrey beats you. 
You know what I mean? Like that's that's how you go into the game, in my opinion. You can't let twenty two beat you because he can. He's a great runner, as you know. He's a great receiver. Uh, he could do it all. You know, so you make one of those other guys prove that they could beat you. And Joe Brady's a hell of an offensive coordinator. You saw what he did at LSU. Put up outstanding numbers, but you know, no no preseason games. Uh, a lot of uh, you know. Zoom calls instead of actual uh, activity on the grass. I think that's going to slow everybody down. And Teddy Bridgewater is a great story, man. It's a great story. I love the fact that he's back. I love the fact that he's healthy. He's getting an opportunity to, to re-jump his uh, career and, and start again. But I've never been impressed with him as far as a downfield thrower. I've never been impressed with him as a guy who's just, you know, the most pinpoint accuracy. Uh, even when he won those five games last year with the Saints, I felt like that was more his defense than really what he did. I mean, he was he was okay. Again, I like him. I like him a lot, but I, I don't think that he's the end-all, be-all for his quarterbacks. Now, I think he's got a great opportunity there in Carolina, especially with his familiarity with Joe Brady, so that's going to help. But, you know... Robbie Anderson, he's going to test Damon Arnett's stones, man, because he's got speed, speed kills. Is Damon Arnett ready to step up to the page, the, the, the plate, man, as a rookie? You know, he, he hasn't had any time on the grass either, so this is going to be his first experience. Are those guys that you mentioned, the other wide receivers, are they going to, you know, they're, they're going to go out there and put, put these guys to the test, and, and I'm okay with that. If Robbie Anderson burns Arnett and he scores multiple touchdowns, I'm okay with losing by way of Robbie Anderson or Curtis Samuel or, you know, anyone else besides Christian McCaffrey because he's no, you know he's the guy that's going to go in and he, he's, he's going to get all the attention. So you make those other teams, those other players beat you, and you can almost live with that. I almost forget, uh, you know, we've had very little to be excited about in a COVID world, right? So it's right. just been yeah. hard yeah. to be excited. It's actually even hard to understand that football is going to be on TV tomorrow night. Like, um, yeah. I, I have, but hearing you talk about Christian McCaffrey does bring a little <laughs> warmth to my heart. And the idea is that, is he stoppable? I don't think he is. I mean, last year he's on a team that that's all you had to do every game and it was still impossible. So yes, yeah, he's going to get his, it's just, does he, does he beat you alone is a question. Right. And now our offense is a little bit more balanced in the past, but I agree with, with you, you know, I don't want to ha- hate on Teddy. I don't want to hate no, on him. I want to like him. I want to like him. But, dude, we love Cam so much, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, losing Cam has been uh, very difficult for this Panther team fan base to swallow. Right. And, you know, they watch him in New England. My I, my prediction is still Patriots at, versus the Bucks in the Super Bowl, man. If really? it happens, it's going to be epic. I want this to happen. I'm going to wish it yeah. and will yeah. it the truth. We got a question from one of the viewers. And he asked this. He says, do you think that the loss of uh, Terrell w- Williams truly hurts your offense? And that was kind of going to dovetail me into my next point is this the, off- the offense, which has been really the weakness, you know, it's just not been impressive or explosive when it comes to the last couple of years with this Raiders offense and a lack of speed. And a lot of people said talent and they were hoping Antonio Brown was going to inject that speed and talent into it last year. It was just a big disaster on every level for him personally right. most, but your offense is young, but it looks to now have some serious talent. So is Terrell Williams, is it a blessing in disguise or the, this injury or do you like, you know, are you guys having to put a little bit too much on these rookies um, just by de facto yeah, no, you're asking a lot from the rookies, man. I mean, these guys are two rookies starting in the NFL, man. Again, with nothing 
nothing to ever, you know, go out there and base it off of. No preseason games. And I know people don't like preseason games, but I think they're important. I think they're important just to get into the flow of an NFL game. So, yeah, it's a lot. Tyrell Williams was supposed to be, you know, wide receiver number two. Henry Ruggs supposed to be number one. Brian Edwards was, you know, uh, he was a guy that was getting a lot of love during training camp. But, I mean, it's like, okay, well, you can kind of slow play him and bring him in a little bit uh, later. But Tyrell Williams going down, you know, that stinks, man. He's, he's a guy who can stretch the field. Uh, he was brought in to be, you know, the the Robin to Antonio Brown's Batman, and it obviously didn't work out that way for either one of the guys. At least he actually played for the Raiders, where Antonio Brown never did. But Henry Ruggs is supposed to play that A-B role. You know, he's supposed to be that dynamic player where he can get the ball in his hands and take it to the house. I mean, like I said about Robbie Anderson, speed kills. So I think John Gruden, you're going to see a heavy dose of him getting the, the ball in Henry Ruggs' hands and try to do the most he can with it. Now, I will say, I don't think it's going to be like force feed him the ball and he's going to get 12, 15 catches a game. I don't think that's going to be the case because there's one thing I know about a John Gruden offense, the way he butters his bread is by way of the run game. And you mentioned uh, at the top that the run defense for the Panthers was not very good. I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs on, on Sunday, and I think you should. And make sure that – make the, the Panthers' defensive line prove – that they can stop the guys. You know, Derek Brown, a big-time pickup in the draft, first round. He's a heck of a player. You know, Gross Matos, he's a heck of a player. I mean, there's there's dudes on that line that can go, but they're young. You know, so again, yeah. just similar to, similar to the Raiders, they got a lot of youth that's got to prove themselves, and they got to grow up real quickly. So I, I like the offensive line that the Raiders have, and I think they like to block downhill. So I think you'll see a lot of Josh Jacobs, and you have to play with a clean box. You can't load the box because the Raiders have other weapons, though. So. That kind of get, makes me feel like you get a little bit of an advantage uh, offensively if you're the Raiders. So Brian Edwards Jr. is the talk of the uh, talk of the town, right? It's, yeah. uh, the Athletic put out a story today that said uh, you can't hide this guy anymore. Right. Uh, and anyways, when you go and I just played, I know you can't see it, but the broadcast could see it. Is that I pray, played some highlight clips of Brian Edwards, and he and he's been on a bad team in South Carolina. And yeah. just a damn monster. I know there's a lot of buzz and excitement. Are you trying not to get too excited by this guy? Because when you look at his clips, man, he might be the day. I'm sorry. He could be the best receiver on the team, maybe. He might He might be. But, yeah, I'm tempering my expectations right. a little bit just because of everything we said. I mean, he's a rookie. Uh, he's a third-round pick, even though he, he was expecting – he thought he was going to go in the first round except for he had that, that pre-draft injury. And so maybe that ended up being a blessing in disguise for the Raiders. Maybe they get a steal with the guy in the third round instead of, uh, you know, instead of him going in the first round to another team. Uh, maybe they do walk away with that. And maybe he ends up being the best uh, wide receiver that comes out the draft. I don't know. But I know that there's a lot of hype around him. I know Derek Carr is fired up about him. They're talking about, uh, you know, he's going to be a, a Devontae Adams type guy where you could kind of throw that fade route in the corner of the end zone. He'll go up and get it instead of it being a 50 50 ball, be like an 80 20 ball. And if that's the case, that's great. That's what Will Muschamp said about him as well, right after the Raiders drafted him. Like, you got a dog, man. You got a guy that's going to go get after it. Uh, the one thing I, I've seen from myself, for myself, is he runs violent routes. You know, he runs really, really violent and not in a bad way, just he's 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 in and out of his breaks and he's i mean he's just he's getting after it so it's going to be interesting to see how it is when he's got a defensive back that's a grown man trying to take his head off and trying to you know beat him up off the line of scrimmage is he still going to have that violence in his run or is that just something that happens in practice when he's got guys not really you know going full throttle against him so uh, again it's going to be a big test i know that the um the panthers they got a lot of young dbs you know so there it's going to be some young wide receivers going up against a young secondary young safety you know young defensive line Young head coach, young. I mean, there's a lot of young going on on the field. Oh, my the, gosh. The- yeah. is I, I don't even know what to expect, right? So, I mean, I in many ways, I know that everybody is dumping on the Panthers. 
no chance to win. But we really don't know. I mean, we don't know if they're good. They're terrible. They're okay. They're going to get better. Um, the secondary is a concern, and the reason I bring up Brian Edwards Jr. the most is that he has NFL size. You know, the question that I always have is that with these smaller guys, Ruggs only 5'11". He is stout, right. though, at 190. You know what I'm saying? He's not a little tiny guy, but, you right. know, it's a it's a grown man's game in the NFL. The, the sad thing, though, is the Panthers' corners are all undersized yeah. Um, inexperienced and very undersized. If I can mention that again, is our number one corner Dante Jackson can run with the wind like the winds, and I'm sure he's going to be on rugs in this case, or I assume he will be. But I don't know how you can build a secondary or at least a corner tandem around guys that are under six foot. I mean, I I, I know that it's okay to have a five ten guy, but right. how are you going to stop a Julio Brian Edwards Jr. What six three? 217 yeah can yeah, run catch. can catch yep. and i always had a friend that said this you said violent routes and attacking the ball i always had a friend that said this if you're a receiver you you know a real receiver when you see him go get the ball when he goes yep. gets it and doesn't let you how many great talents that, or athletic guys have you seen and they wait for the ball to come to him right, right. exactly um yeah yeah you can't do that you can't so, do that you got to go you got to go high point that thing Let's turn our attention to your running back is that while Christian McCaffrey obviously is, I mean, arguably the best running back in the NFL. Actually, I won't even think there's a question at it right now. Uh, he deserves to be considered that. But really, are you, you're picking nits at this point because it's Josh Jacobs, right? Yeah. All right. Josh, JJ, Josh Jacobs is this guy really hell of a season. Uh, could have been rookie of the year. I know uh, John Gruden said he should have been in his mind. That's a. I'm concerned about not concerned about it being a high scoring game. The thing that the reservation about this being a 33 to 28 type game is yeah. that both of these teams have young secondaries and they have great running backs. So speak right. a little bit about Josh Jacobs coming to his second year, how he dealt with injury in that first year, um, and I mean he just looked good. You know, I was watching a game. I was pulled on NFL Game Pass before you came on, and I was watching y'all play the Colts. It was week four, and y'all just smoking oh, yeah. them, just smoking yep. them. Now, they weren't a good team, but speak a little bit on what Josh Jacobs gives to this offense and what you expect on Sunday. Well, he brings toughness. I think first and foremost, he brings toughness to that running back position. I mean, he hurt his shoulder in like week four against the Packers and played another nine games after that. I mean, he's he's a dude. You know, he's one of those guys that still uh, has his best uh, future. His future is, is bright. Uh, I think his best football is still in front of him. He was a guy coming out of Alabama who wasn't a starter, so he didn't have a lot of burn on his tires. A lot of uh, tread was, wasn't gone from him. Like most running backs that come out of Alabama who get used up all the time, he wasn't that guy. So he had a you know a chip on his shoulder, wanted to prove who he could be, and, and he's really been that guy. He's a, he's a bell cow. He should carry the rock about 25 times a game. He also could catch the ball. They didn't use him a whole lot in, uh, in, in his rookie year. I think he only had 20 pass catches uh, his rookie year. And John Gruden has said that he wants to get him a lot more involved in, in catching the ball out of the backfield. That's going to help out Derek Carr as well. Um, I just I think that sky's the limit for this guy. You know, if he could stay healthy, and I think this is the biggest uh, key, or this, not even a knock, it's just the biggest thing for Derek, or Josh Jacobs moving forward. If he can stay healthy for a 16-game season, he's going to be a real deal dude. I mean, literally, I, I think he could be the MVP of, of the Raiders, no doubt about it, just because – Hell, he had 1,150 yards in 13 games last season. You imagine if he played 16 games, what he, you know, what he could have done. I mean, th this guy, he would have won Offensive Rookie of the Year if he had played all 16 games, in my opinion. I thought Kyler Murray winning it was a joke. Uh, he didn't, 
didn't even have 4,000 yards of passing, but whatever. That's a whole other conversation. Don't get me on my soapbox with that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I expect big things from uh, Josh Jacobs. I really think with Henry Ruggs outside, Brian Edwards, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, another guy everyone's very familiar with from uh, Clemson, all those guys that are weapons that Derek Carr can get the rock to, it's just going to make it a lot easier for Josh Jacobs to run with a clean box. I said that a little earlier. It's just he, he was running against loaded boxes all his rookie year because there was no weapons that anyone was worried about. You have to pay attention to Henry Ruggs. If they never throw the ball to Henry Ruggs, you better have a DB on him at all times because that speed kills. Uh, so that's that's going to open up things for the run game, and that's how John Gruden's going to want to want to uh, take care of this game. And that's the other reason I don't think it's going to be a 33-28 game because I think the Raiders are going to take the try to take the life out the out the um, out the game and just really limit the possessions that the Panthers have and try to go on as many seven or eight minute drives as they can have and just just cash in at the end and hope that they can win that way. I got the game 24-17 Raiders coming out on the, on the top with victory, uh, but that's based off of, you know, their offense that they had last year with some extra, some extra weapons added to it this year. Where's the weakness on this team? Um, I think in not knowing. And what I mean by that is the youth. You know what I mean? The, the youth just don't know. They don't know what they don't know. So I think that they have to learn. They have to step up uh, quick. And then I'll say the depth on the, uh, on the offensive line. As far as the tackles go, if Trent Brown goes down, he went down last year. He didn't play a full 16. He's a mammoth of a man. I mean, you literally have to run a country mile to get around that dude, you know. And so uh, when he went down, you could see it hurt. So I think the tackles, uh, Colton Miller's done a good job since he's been in the league. He's gotten better every year, uh, the left tackle. But that right tackle position in particular, man, if, if Trent Brown goes down, uh, the Raiders could be in trouble because I, I don't have a lot. Isn't he been dealing with injury, too, throughout this training camp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dealing with the calf injury right now. He's dealing with he was rehabbing a pec injury that he had going into the offseason. Now he's dealing with the calf injury. He has he's only practiced a little bit, a couple game or a couple days here and there. But he, yeah, he just has to he's got to be healthy, man. He's got to be out there, find a way to get out there and, and do it on Sunday. If he can't do it Monday through Friday, he's got to get out there and do it on Sunday and do it at a high level. Why is the the temperature or the I guess the attitudes about Derek Carr changed over the last two years. Is that I've never thought of Ter- Derek Carr to be as really good or really bad. I always just thought of him oh. to be okay. But it seemed like the entire NFL gave up on him via v la- vis-a-vis last year. But all of a sudden now there's a resurgence. Where's this excitement coming from Derek Carr about? Or yeah, oh, I don't well, want to confuse him with David. Oh, uh, that's a that's a good question. Um. You know, everyone, when Gruden took over, thought Derek Carr is not going to get along with him. Gruden and him will never mesh. Um, and then, of course, he went out and won four games. And so uh, Raider Nation's really, you know, split on him right now because they haven't seen him win enough games, in my opinion. It's just it's got to he's got to go out and win more games. He's done some things where he's checked the ball down and, uh, you know, it's, it's fourth down. He throws the ball into the ground just because he you know doesn't want to create a turnover or whatever. And so his decision making hasn't been that great uh, yeah, as far as. You know, in certain situations, I mean, he's been statistically a pretty good quarterback, but certain situations he needs to be a little bit better. And, uh, you know, it should it, it should be interesting. He's in year three under Gruden now. Uh, a lot of people expect him to go out there and really ball out and have a hell of a season. And then some people think he's just going to be, oh, he's just going to be old Derek Carr. It's not going to be a big deal. He's not going to be able to win enough games. And, uh, you know, everyone since Gruden's come back has been trying to write Derek Carr off. I mean, every single year, no matter who you talk to, they say, John Gruden's not in love with Derek Carr. John Gruden's not tied to Derek Carr, but yet he's been around now for three stinking seasons. The Raiders have had multiple opportunities to go and get quarterbacks in the draft, and they haven't. So that tells me that he's not as, you know, not happy with Derek Carr as people think. I think he he wants him to do more and show more, 
but I think he's fine with Derek Carr. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what he does, you know, how, how much he improves. But uh, I've been calling it a season where there should be no excuses for a car. There should be no excuses for Gruden. There should be no excuses for the defense. Everything needs to come together in a year like this because I think all the areas of need and, and their biggest weaknesses have been addressed. Reminder, Derek Carr uh, dislocated his pinky versus the Carolina Panthers, popped it back into place, and then came back. Didn't play that yep. well afterwards, but still, I think you guys were able to pull the win out. And the game. Yeah. the game, yeah. Disappointing 2016 season uh, for the Carolina Panthers. That all began that for us. His, that was his season, though. That was his that was the one where he was like in the MVP uh, voting. You know, the Raiders went 12 and four that year. He broke his ankle on Christmas Eve against the Colts at the Coliseum. I mean, it, you know, everything went right for the Raiders. They got a lot of bounces to go their way. That game against Carolina, the Panthers were losing. They came back. Uh, Derek Carr left the game when he got injured. And then Khalil Mack ended up intercepting Cam and taking it to the house. It was a little screen pass and, and Cam threw it basically right to him. And, and Khalil Mack, he basically saved the day. I think he had like four sacks that day, including a strip sack on, on Cam late in the game to seal the victory. So the ball bounced correctly for the Raiders in 2016. I mean, everything that could go their way did, and it really hasn't done that since. So, I mean, the defense needs to create some turnovers, and Derek Carr's got to play better. Uh, any thoughts on the Lynn Bowden Jr. trade? It was surprising when it happened because nobody really knew it was happening. Uh, everything that we had heard was that he's going to he be was a, a draft a pick from this year. Yeah, third round draft pick. He, he was picked one pick before Brian Edwards, you know. So, uh, yeah, he 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 was supposed to be a guy that was going to be a big time playmaker. At least that's what we were told. And well, he just he didn't figure it out in practice. He wasn't looking that good. And a lot of people said that uh, that I've I've heard from have said that he liked Vegas a little bit more than he probably should have. So you know now he's in Miami, which well, if he liked Vegas, he's going to love Miami. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what the Dolphins do with him, but. Yeah, he's yeah, out of there. That's what I heard someone say. It's like, oh, this is probably, you know, this is a, a guy that maybe Vegas would be a tuss, tough environment, and this yeah. could be a good thing for him. I was like, man, he's going to Miami. That's like right. he, it's just as bad. It's just illegal there. Right. <laughs> it's legal yeah, in it Las Vegas. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to get you out of here. Your thoughts on the season, but before you get into that, do you, do you think that – being located in Las Vegas will have to be influential in how you select people or is that yeah. like okay yeah yeah i think that uh high character is 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 a, is is an issue man you've got to have a high character guy because it's not for everybody i mean think about yourself and i know me if i was 21 years old and i was rich and i was in vegas i would act a damn fool I wouldn't yeah. have no kind of control, I, hey you know? if i was rich well, in my know. own age at 38 right now i'd act a fool yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, Vegas ain't for everybody. So I, I get it, man. If people have issues, they struggle a little bit. I, I get it, man. It, like I said, if I was 21 and I was in Vegas with a pocket full of money, I would act a damn fool. And so I don't blame these guys for struggling, but that's why you go through the process. That's why you interview these guys. That's why you do background checks. Make sure that, hey, maybe this guy can handle it. Maybe he can't. Uh, I know a lot of people in Vegas, you know, keep saying like, oh, well, you know, you guys overreact to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, for people that live there, Vegas ain't that big a deal. But someone that comes from, you know, an area where a where small town in South Carolina, yeah, exactly. Small and now town. they got money in their pocket, like an endless, exactly. seemingly endless amount. Oh my exactly. gosh! So the, it's, it's not for everybody. So I don't really blame the young man for going to Vegas and getting some money in his pocket and going and buying some cars or and, you know and and just kind of enjoying life a little bit because again, it, it I mean it's it happens, man. Life happens, so. 
Oh, I, I give him, hey, I give him all the, uh, you know, credit in the world, and I hope that he, you know, thrives in Miami. But it just didn't work out in Vegas, and the Raiders were smart enough to just go ahead and move on from him before it became a problem. What do you think the the twenty twenty season is going to look like for the Oakland Raiders? Meant the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, I'll say this: they went four and twelve uh, in twenty eighteen, seven and nine last year. Natural progression, in my opinion, says they got to go at least nine and seven. That should be the that should be the floor. That should be the floor because hey. You know, you want to see your team continue to improve. So I'm saying that the Raiders, they should be shooting for nine and seven and capped off probably no. I mean, the ball bounces their way a couple times like it did in 2016, maybe 11 and five. And, you know, it's a tough division, though. You're in the AFC West. The Chiefs are the cream of the crop. They're going to be the division winners most, most likely unless something crazy happens. But I think that the Raiders, especially with this year being a new year where they, uh, you know, they added an extra wild card guy our wild card uh, team, I think that they should be competing for that. I don't know if they're going to get it, but that should be the goal. Like, hey, at least look for that wild card. Try to make that happen. If you can do that and, and you know, week 17 be in the conversation, then you've had a good season. But I think that they should nef- definitely get nine and seven, be nine and seven at the end of the season just because that's natural progression. Um, What was your score again? Uh, For the game, 24-17 Sunday, Raiders. Okay. You got any questions for me about the Panthers? Man, it's I would, but I feel like I know so much about it because, like I said, Matt Rule's my guy. Uh, I, I love me some Matt Rule. I've been talking about him even before he got the job at uh, in Carolina. I, I've been saying since the minute he got to Baylor, I said that dude's not going to be at Baylor long because he wants to be in the NFL and he's he's a damn good coach. So why should we be uh, so excited about him? He he's going to build it right. He's gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna take shortcuts. He's gonna piss you off at times. I mean, hell, the first year at Baylor, he went 1-11 or 1-10 or whatever it was. He got one victory. That's it. And everyone thought, oh, he can't coach. He's not the guy. Get someone else in. And then all of a sudden, he turned things around. And then last year, he went to the Sugar Bowl. So, you know, he, he can coach. You got to give him an opportunity. Phil Snow's defense, I've heard, is very difficult to kind of pick up. You know, that's something that is – I saw it firsthand. Uh, the first couple of years at, at Baylor, it was rough. But then the third year – they picked it up, and their defense was one of the best in the country, you know. And so they had a lot of guys from the defense go to the NFL. I mean, that they do things the right way. Um, I, I he's gonna he's gonna get it right. He's got a lot of guys that he has a chance to mold. He has a lot of youth he brought in. A lot of Baylor guys. There's a lot of Baylor coaching staff there. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, man, I forgot it now. Uh, the sixth round pick, uh, Bravion Roy. He was a nice little uh, run stopper, run plugger at Baylor. Clay Johnson, who's on your on your practice squad now, he was a Baylor guy. I mean, they they got uh, oh, Derek God. We Thomas. We have so many Temple and Baylor guys. It's crazy. yeah. He's got he puts his he puts familiarity around him, and he's gonna be he's he's gonna get it he's gonna get it done right. I mean, Carolina will end up loving him. There's a reason why he got a long contract. Every stop he's been at, the fan base loves him when he leaves. Every single one of them. I They're just want to know up. why he got rid of Cam. That's all we want to know. Why did you get rid of Cam? Well, he knew that he had a seven-year contract and it was a time for a rebuild, and I don't think he believed that Cam is healthy. And I don't know if Cam is healthy either. You know, I, I really don't. We'll see in New England. I'm not 100% sure that Cam's healthy. He hasn't been healthy for two years. I He hasn't been, and this is just me speaking, I, I haven't been impressed with Cam since the Super Bowl, since he, you know, didn't jump on the ball against Denver. It just seems like his career is kind of, Tailed off, tailed off, and that has to do with injury. He's a great guy. Love him. Love him when he's out there balling, man. That big old smile, you can sell a million dollars just with a smile. He's a great dude, but he just hasn't been on the field. He hasn't been the guy since the Super Bowl. Here's why you're, you're, people are going to be surprised by Cam. Here's my He's going to be comeback player of the year 
right? And the reason mm-hmm. being is that 2017-2018 was dealing with the same shoulder injury. They tried yeah. to go the shortcut route, the first surgery. They misman- that Cam was scared of the knife. I think that's what it is. Cam's always been scared of the knife. He just always was trying to rehab rather than going to get surgery. The right. Liz Frank kind of freaky injury, but they're not related, you know. So uh, is that? And I don't think that all of a sudden that the injury for Liz Frank for like this whatever they when they fuse that bone together, I don't yeah. think it's going to remove his mobility entirely. And I don't think he's just this guy that's a wide out that needed to have some insane get off to start. I think he's still going to be mobile. I think he's still. Right. I think his shoulders now gotten full year off. And I think he's going to get a breath of fresh air in New England with a team that people expect to win each week. Hopefully, we see Cam smiling again on Sundays. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's your boy Q. Tell them where they can find your work, my man. Well, you can find me on Twitter. I put everything out on Twitter, at your boy Q254. Uh, and like I said, I do a radio show Monday through Friday, noon to 3 Central Time on ESPN Central Texas, uh, Baylor flagship station. So that's why I'm so familiar with Matt Rule and everything he's got going on. Uh, and then I do another radio show on Raider Nation Radio 920, Silver and Black Today, 2 to 4 p.m. West Coast time uh, in in Las Vegas. And uh, like I said, the Locked On Raiders podcast as well. So I'm all over the place, man. You just, just check Twitter and you'll see me working somewhere. Dude, uh, thank you for coming on tonight, guys. That's the C3 Panthers podcast bringing you the preview of the Las Vegas Raiders at the Carolina Panthers. We have football. And since we have football and being and you're excited, go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget, we got the post-game show. The call-in number is 252-228-5098. We'll be here 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time breaking down this game. Uh, your boy Q, thanks a lot for man coming in at the last second. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. Appreciate you having me on the show. All right, we're out. Later. Subscribe to the C3 Carolina Panthers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere you can catch an RSS feed. Check out carolinacatchronicles.com for the latest Panthers news and opinion from the fan perspective. Great cash, homie. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.